This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Truth and betrayal and history is chaos. These are just a few of the fascinating themes in Errol Morris' film The Pigeon Tunnel that delves into the life of the late former British spy and novelist David Cornwell, also known as John le Carré. Cornwell wrote 26 classic espionage novels, among them The Spy Who Came In From The Cold and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He was heavily influenced by his early life, most notably his father Ronnie, con man, a thief, an early introduction into the life of betrayal. Cornwall became a UK intelligence officer with MI5 and MI6, at one point stationed in Berlin during the construction of the Berlin Wall. Truth, lies, and deception were major themes in his life and in his novels. Criterion has called Errol Morris' 1988 documentary The Thin Blue Line, quote, among the most important documentaries ever made. A film that resulted in a wrongfully convicted man being freed from a lifetime sentence in Texas after serving 13 years for policemen's murder. Morris' other films include The Fog of War, where he interviewed former U.S. Defense Secretary Robert McNamara, as well as Standard Operating Procedure, about the incidents of torture at the hands of U.S. forces at the Abu Ghraib prison. The meetings and interviews between Cornwall and Morris in the Pigeon Tunnel make for a thrilling and philosophical journey. You asked me about the nature of our relationship. I needed to know who I was talking to. Were you my friend across the fire? Who are you? And if I can't answer that question... It's terribly difficult to recruit for a secret service. You're looking for somebody who's a bit bad, but at the same time loyal. There's a type, and I fit it perfectly. In your memoir, you say none of it's true. It's as I imagined it. When I was in MI6, it wasn't enough for me. So what I did was reinvent the secret world and fill my own people with it. Why is betrayal an important concept to you? It has a long family background. Writing is a journey of self-discovery. I see my own life as a succession of embraces and escapes. Maybe this is an interrogation. Maybe I am self-deceived. I don't know. But I'll answer any question you wish me to answer as truthfully as I can. and betrayal are also topics of my conversation with Academy Award-winning filmmaker Errol Morris. For me, a truly fascinating talk. Mr. Morris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I saw your film at Telluride and I heard you talk and I've been thinking about the discussions and philosophical questions in your film for a month now. (laughs) My condolences. (laughs) I've heard you describe Lacare or Mr. Cornwell as someone you feel you can relate to, a kindred spirit. How? So many ways. Certainly his self-hatred is something I'm going to respond to and probably acutely feel myself. 
his endless metaphysical concerns. I don't know a better way to describe them. He's a writer, a writer of espionage fiction, but he's also a philosopher thinking about a lot of the same issues that fascinate me. And I enjoy talking to him. What can I say? Well, we enjoyed listening. I'm going to get to some of those philosophical questions, but you start off the documentary talking about interviews versus interrogation. Can I interrupt for a moment? Why is it so important? Everyone describes it as a documentary, as if somehow it's important to let the listener know this really isn't a film. I'm sorry to do the feelers and air quotes here, but... Well, I'm it, happy to call it a film. Thank you. And and a conversation, really. It's a mixture of odd things, like the, the underlying work itself. It's fragmentary. It's episodic. Um, it's skewed in all kinds of weird directions. And a lot of the material in it is filmed in the same way that you would film a dramatic feature actors, um, scenes, uh, in a way the antithesis of what we normally take to be documentary filmmaking. Uh, The interview itself is highly stylized, as if somehow, um, which is true, I was trying to capture just in the very way it was shot, something of the nature of him and the underlying work, Uh, odd, camera angles, mirrors, and so on and so forth. So to me, it's its own unique or hybrid work of art. I'm sorry to be so grandiloquent here, but... But it is. It's a meditation also on history and on politics and and, and a conversation between the two of you who've really gone into that. But when you were approaching the interview, um, he is someone who has talked about the subjectivity of truth, says none of it's true as I imagine it. How did you decide to approach him as an interviewer? He's talking about the subjectivity of truth, but he says truth is objective. And people don't really hear those lines. At least they don't hear them the way I hear them. How do you hear them? I hear when he says that everybody who looks at an accident will see something different. But that doesn't mean the truth is subjective. It just means we're all self-deceived and we're all liars. Um, A friend of mine, a philosopher, was talking about Rashomon and said, well, yeah, it's obvious. They're all lying. It's not about the subjectivity of truth. It's about the subjectivity of consciousness the subjectivity of how we see the world. We're inevitably prisoners of our own heads, our own minds, our own perceptions. But that doesn't mean the truth doesn't exist. And he says it quite clearly, maybe not clearly enough. (laughs) My brothers, whatever druthers are, I'd go back and re-edit it. But it's about truth that is out there and it's a quest, a search. But lying or truth in, in, in talking to him is not as interesting as what he's actually saying. He's saying really interesting things. I asked him, truth is known by some absent third party. What a lion. Um, 
And I say, well, who is this absent third party? God? What's going on here? Uh, I can tell you that for me, you know, I spent close to three years investigating a murder in Dallas, a miscarriage of justice, and coming very close. Maybe you can never prove these kinds of things, but coming very close to proving the man who was sentenced to death, convicted of the murder of this Dallas police officer, was innocent, pure and simple. He had been sentenced to death for a crime that he did not commit. He wasn't there. And in that kind of story, truth is paramount. It's essential. Who pulled the gun? out from underneath the seat of the car? Who put their finger on the trigger and pulled it? Who shot the cop five times? This is not subjective. Nothing subjective about that. It's a fact of the matter. And we, looking at it, may come up with an amazing array of cockamamie explanations and accounts, but that doesn't mean the truth itself is subjective. Quite the contrary. Um, I want to talk to you about his father. Um, what do you feel in the final analysis after spending time with Lakari that how his father really affected him? Well, I'll never know, but I will know a lot about how John Lacare feels his father affected him because he talks extensively about it. He's written extensively yes. about it. He's written nonfiction about it. He's written fiction about it. He's written everything you could possibly imagine about it and he made this movie with me where he talks extensively about it um clearly ronnie his father figures largely in his life why wouldn't he he's his father um it would be odd if it were otherwise but ronnie is by his accounts a criminal a liar a fantast a betrayer, um, and a truly amazing character. And it's interesting, his ambivalence, his raw hatred of his father, plus his love of his father, and the belief that almost everything he became is a result of his father's own insanity. So it's an interesting a really compelling story it was so compelling considering sort of the trauma where we are in the world today when he talks about that there's no no i'm allison holland host of the kennedy dynasty podcast equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the kennedy family i am joined by an incredible cast of experts friends and guests to take you on a fun relaxed yet informative journey through history and pop culture from book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Inner rooms where decisions are made, history is chaos. It really left me thinking, um, would you say he was disillusioned during those years, particularly in Berlin? Yes, I would say he was disillusioned. I think that he came into the world believing in absolute good and absolute evil and right and wrong. Uh, he ends up uh, 
as a member of the civil service and a spy in Bonn in 1960-61. It's an amazing moment in history. The Berlin Wall is about to go up. The Cold War is really properly considered becoming a rather hot war. And his book, his novel, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, comes out of the crucible of these events of the time. There's a chapter, it's very early on in the Pigeon Tunnel, which I was originally going to do a five-part series. It was going to be a big part of the series that I was Well, I want to see that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but he talks about this odd figure, Hans Globke, G-L-O-B-K-E, who was one of the major figures, second in command in the Bundesrepublik. So here you have the new Germany and one of the major figures is a Nazi. I'm not sure I believe in ex-Nazis. To me, once a Nazi, always a Nazi. He was one of the progenitors of the Nuremberg Laws. These are the laws that made it possible. If you want to just tell it like it is, it's one of the laws that made the Holocaust possible. It allowed the persecution of Jews. Wait a second, David tells us in the movie, and certainly he tells it in greater detail in the book. Didn't we fight a war? Didn't we fight a war to end all of this? And how is it that somehow the bad guys now become the Russians, who were once our allies, and we're employing Nazis in high positions in the German federal government. Is that disillusioning? I would say so. Speaking mm -hmm. as an American Jew, is that disillusioning? It's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. You said he came into the world believing in good, irregardless of his father that you were just telling us about and what he saw. I think, yes. Uh, it's one of the more interesting parts of the movie He's a student at Oxford. He is working for MI5. He's working as an agent. He is spying on his fellow students. He uh, becomes a member of a student communist organization run by Stanley Mitchell. And he betrays them. He tells on them. And as a result, lives are destroyed. And I ask him, okay, wasn't that the wrong thing to do? Was that the right thing to do? How do you know right from wrong here? And he is absolutely unequivocal. These people have pledged their allegiance to what is for David a version of Satan, Joseph Stalin. And there is no right here. This is wrong. And whatever he did to fight it was the right thing to do. It was very powerful. And it tells you that he's not a ruthless double agent or a spy. He's a person with some deeply committed ethical realm. And I kind of love this guy. He's so complicated really so smart so thoughtful 
Berg is telling me here that I have only a, a minute left or so, but I, I need to ask you here at the end. He says yeah, I mean, that writing... be so short. I'm, I, I know. Am, I can't I'm, believe it. Writing is a sense of self-discovery, he says. Um, you get glimpses of yourself. I was wondering for you, Mr. Morris, your many documentaries or tells when particularly this one, is it the same? Is it a sense of self-discovery when making this and how this one in particular? Um... I don't know if I understand it really what self-discovery means. You're endlessly looking at yourself. Uh, it's unavoidable. I have been doing so many interviews. I started to think about it. I got into a fight with one interviewer at the New York Times. Marquez. Yes. And it's no real secret. I hated him. And I hate interviews that come in with some fixed set of questions, some agenda, unbendable agenda, as if the person knows what they're going to hear, knows what they want to hear, and will not budge from that mark. And there's no interest in the other person, really. It's about oneself. And maybe maybe I'm the self-deceived one here. Maybe all interviews are interviews with oneself. In fact, I started writing a book about interviewing called Conversations with Myself <laughs> and thinking about just the nature of what actually does go on. I sat and watched the movie last night at the NFT, the National Film Theater. And I was struck again by just the first few minutes of the film where John le Carre, David Cornwall, starts talking about interviews versus interrogations. Um, well, interrogations, and I've thought a lot about this, interrogations you're not so much interested in the other person. You're interested in ferreting out some piece of evidence. Um, where interviews for me are uh, an exploration. You're heading into some unknown territory where you don't know what you're going to find. It's a new world properly considered. And he says in the interview very early on that the focus is on detecting the lie. Well, okay, that's never been my focus. And getting your subject to acknowledge that they've told a lie. Um, I think in many ways, David Cornwell and myself live in alternative universes. Um, I've never believed that people have any clear understanding of what the truth is or lies. They live in some kind of hazy middle ground uh, where things are made up, confabulated, elided, changed. Um, and that if we have any understanding of the truth, it's because we pursue it aggressively or just pursue it period we try to figure out 
what the world is really like, how it operates, what's true and what's false. But it's nothing that ever is handed over in a conversation. And I pointed out to the New York Times reviewer, he didn't include it, of course, that some of my best interviews as an investigator, not talking about as an interviewer, but just as an investigator, I found things out. I call it the shut the fuck up school by just listening. And in Dallas, I did an interview with this one witness. Didn't ask her any questions. She was just babbling away, uh, talking about how she failed to pick out the subject in a police lineup. And I did ask her, well, how do you know you failed to pick them out? I think it's an innocuous question because you failed to pick them out. How do you know? How do you know this? And she said, I know because the policeman sitting next to me told me I picked out the wrong person and then pointed out the right person so I wouldn't make that mistake again. Now, here I have the benefit of talking to an utter moron and but she's telling me a crucial piece of information, which I did not know beforehand. And one of the details that led to this conviction being overturned. The shut the fuck up school, not, oh, liar, liar, pants <laughs> on fire. I caught you this time. You're not going to get away with it ever again. Well, there's one truth, Mr. Morris, and that is how much I enjoyed talking to you, and I wish I would have had more time with you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, and thank you for this movie and for all of your work. Thank you. Thank you so much to Errol Morris. The Pigeon Tunnel premieres on Apple TV Plus on October 20th. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential anywhere you get your podcasts. Pop Culture Confidential is a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. See you next time. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.